I'm starting to record it before I say this statement. Um, did you know there's a shortage of almonds? I didn't. Shortage of what? Almonds. almonds. Oh, Alps I hate them, so the, that's good for uh, me. You hate them? Do you like Bamberg? I don't mind it's ma- Marzipan Bamberg, is almond but... isn't it? Have you ever heard... I know, I'm not actually a big fan of marzipan, if I'm totally honest. What do you call I'm not a huge marzipan fan. Battenberg. Yeah. Oh, you call it Battenberg? Cause yeah. There's, oh, there's a subset of people online who call it pink and yellow cake. No. No. That sounds, that sounds a bit Were these people that, mentally sure. challenged? No, just Wiz Khalifa fans. <laughs> Wiz Khalifa fans. <laughs> so, yeah, almost the same. Wow! Was that a I'm terrible, joking, was that a terrible black and yellow joke? Yeah, yeah it was. Class. Oh, God. Look, they're all good. All good in the hood, aren't that's, they? Dave, that's why you brought up Battenberg. Purely. That, is, that is purely why. Quick question. Could someone explain to me, like, and I, I'm going to dive into the contentious world of Harry Potter. Uh, oh, God. Um, why? I just don't get it. Like, how's he going to end up with Ginny? Why not? Why not? Like, Look, because clearly, I don't know about you, Mike, but <laughs> I felt some heat between Watson and Radcliffe in that seventh movie. Yeah, that's the stuff that the movies put out there, wasn't it? Never in the books. Never in the books. No, no, no way. But, they had that r- weird scene in the movie where they where they danced and it was really weird. It was nothing like yeah. the book. Do you remember the bit in the books where Hermione says she's going to put down a slave um, thing and everyone boos her? <laughs> Different That's times. pretty odd, Brad, for uh, JK, isn't it? Claw, was it Ravenclaw girl for Harry? Is that what she, how she was in? Joe. Yeah, Joe. yeah. Will loves that character. It's just like <laughs> two things about this character. One, it's, it's, just, it's just a wildly racist name. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Like, you want to talk about people are like cancel cultures ruining everything. Yeah, stop just having people called Cho Chang. Like, I'm all right with that. The, what then, age your kid at the school? Cho Chang. And then the second thing is, um, when they describe their first kiss, mate, her face is wet. She's like crying <laughs> over her dead boyfriend. And J.K. Rowling's like, yeah, this is hot. <laughs> Weird. Weird. And also, like, I'm supposed to believe that Hermione, who is like unbelievably talented, is falling for Ron, who is possibly the stupidest man I've ever seen. This guy, like, he's licking crayons instead of wands. Anyway, hello and welcome back to the Rad Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will. Joining me this week is the Mosley Marauders. Map, it's Mr. David Harris. Hello. (laughs) Did we do all of that? Literally just to make that joke, we might have done. Also, here is the Walcott Warbler. Good evening. (laughs) The Walcott Wizard, there we go. <laughs> and also here is Sports Media's number one. Number one, John Linton, an end-up sports fan. It's Mr. Michael Breslin. Hello, everyone. Excellent. Excellent. You know when they do this Harry Potter reboot? Um... Mm. What do you mean? Looking What's forward to it, I will. Fantastic Beats. No, no, no. no, Mike, no. Doing a TV HBO show. are doing the movies again, but as TV show, as a oh, HBO show. Oh, I did But we already, all of us have already seen them. Oh, it's, it's yeah. Why they're doing it, who knows? I can tell you why. Money! Two reasons why. Money, and the second one is that none of the current actors will speak to J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. uh, it's funny. Yeah. 
Take a little drink. Let's not uh, dive into the uh, the whole J.K. Rowling controversy. Um, Dave, what's the worst accent in the UK? Oh, that's tough. Uh... God, I'm trying to rack my brain of all the accents you can pick. Anyway. Do you know what? I'm not a big fan of like. The Bristol like farmer accent. I don't know what it is. Just like Somerset. Not a big fan of that accent. You went a bit Somerset there when you said it. That was the idea. But I'm not a fan. I think it's just they all sound stupid. Mm-hmm. Ross Bird. Uh, it's got to be Scouse. Uh, I absolutely hate the Scouse accent. To be honest. Yeah. Dave, what does it sound like when a scouse whispers? No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> Just whistly, I imagine. Mike? Uh, I was going to say uh, similar sort of area to Dave, but I was watching uh, Operation Fortune, I think it's called, with Bugsy Malone. In oh, God, so was I with you, unfortunately. Yeah, but when he talks, it's, it's like... Uh, no, it sounds like he's kind of. Bro- I know where he's from. It sounds like he's kind of brummy, but also trying to be London. And I know a few people in this area that do the same thing. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Correct answer French. No, I like a French accent. <sighs> oh, actually, I do as well. It's just that I like the French. Um, now we've got that bit of casual xenophobia out of the way. Um, I do want to get, I, I don't want to start this podcast off in a bad place. Uh, Mike's holding up the Pom Bears. Um, certainly not a bad place. I don't want to get this, po- this podcast started off the wrong way. But I, I told you Ben Foster's a liar. And he's already reversed his promise to me that he was going to retire at the end of this season. <laughs> promise to you. Yeah. Uh, you're the only man in England who hates Ben Foster, just to repeat that. That's not true. Sentiment. Plenty of people hate Ben Foster. Has he has he said he's staying on, has he? Yeah, yeah he, he said, just told. Oh, yeah. So he said it to Ryan Reynolds on the pitch after they uh, secured promotion. What did you all make of the Wrexham? <clears throat> Joyful? Happy? Yeah, I like it. No, well, I, I think we did touch on this the other week, didn't we? But... I think I'd feel different if I was a fan of like Notts County or whatever other team down there. But from where I'm, from where I am, it's, it's brought a lot of eyes to that level of football and still a lot for Wrexham and the, the area and stuff. And the, and Reynolds and McElhaney, they clearly care a lot about the team and stuff. So I'm a fan of it. I like that. The, the emotion that they showed on the day, I was all for it. Well done, Wrexham, you know. However, I just wanted to bring it up in case anybody wanted to do some hating. I'm no, I actually, I have come round on it. Have <laughs> you? Yeah, because they clearly actually care about the club. They've done loads to the local area. And, like, they are properly invested in the club, so I feel like it's, it's justified that they've gone out. I mean, spent a lot of money, but they do care about the club, so... But you've got people from all over the world watching the National League. No. I mean, I, I still... Paul Rudd was there. I know, I saw that, yeah. Big fan of Paul Rudd. Big fan. Paul Rudd, the uh, the best guest star on Friends. 
quite possibly. I always liked um, Bruce Willis. Where do we all stand on Friends? I know where Ross stands. Honestly, I have only watched a few episodes properly. That's you make those episodes, I've never, so. I've never like sat down and, and particularly watched it. I mean, I get, I understand it. I can understand why it has such a following. I just never found it that entertaining. But it's probably just because I haven't watched it properly. Like tried to watch it from the start and get like a proper feel for the characters. I've just seen the odd episode here and there. Probably quite controversial, admittedly. No, kind of similar for me, actually. I've never watched it in full. I've watched bits and pieces here and there. It's fine. Telly. I loved it as a kid. However, the last time, when they put it on Netflix, I watched like an entire season in a day when I had an absolutely roasting hangover. And uh, I didn't like it anymore. Same with How I Met Your Mother. I completely went off that when I tried to rewatch that. I like them both. I've watched them both quite a few times. But I, I get I get why people don't like them now if you didn't really like them at the time. I can I can see why. One comedy TV show for the rest of your life. Oh, that's tough. Do you know what? I genuinely think I'm gonna go with IT crowd. I actually love it. It's one of the easiest things to watch in the world and it's great every time. Yeah, that's where I was going. So I'll just be different and pick the in between. It's, it's not that different. That is, whenever you check, whenever you check in after a few months out of that, it is still sublime. But I'd go with How I Met Your Mother just because I like it a lot and it's familiar. And I, I know I've watched it so much, I know I can keep watching it. But it's not the best comedy show that I've watched. But that's what I'd choose. For me, it's Spurs. Now, the weekend's reactions. Uh, right, so at the weekend, uh, Spurs lost 6-1 to Newcastle. What job Eddie Howe's doing? Um, I don't even know Manager where... Manager of the year? Manager of the year, absolutely not. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Six goals, which... Um, six goals, six minutes is all it would take to get on Wikipedia. Um who wants to start with this? Did anybody watch this game? Because I was in the car when it yes. happened. Dave, yep. excellent. Talk to me. How did, how was this game lost for Spurs? Uh, well, he set the team up absolutely terribly. I mean, to go to a back four, to play Dyer and Romero, I mean, Romero literally just always makes a mistake. I've never been convinced for, of Eric Dyer. Uh, again, always prone to mistakes. Neither of them particularly quick, or but also at the same time, neither of them seem particularly commanding, um, which is a problem. Then you're playing Perisic at left-back and Pedro Porro, who's been frankly terrible at right-back. And then the midfield three in front of them, my word. You've got Hoiberg, Oliver Skip, who frankly, I'm not sure what he does. He's he must be a bit better than Harry Winks, it feels like, but I, I still couldn't tell you what Oliver Skip particularly does. And then he's playing Saar, a centre-back, who's like a 20-year-old promising winger. Sorry, not centre-back, centre-mid is the other one in the three. So all that happened was basically there was no one covering the gap between the defence and midfield. 
And then there was two centre-backs where usually there was three and no one knew what they were doing. And there was just space all over the pitch. And Newcastle just kept finding the space. And then Hugo Lloris just... I think he forgot he had arms. He didn't get close to saving anything. They were 5-0 down after 21 minutes. And genuinely... I'm not sure I've seen a team be that rubbish in a long, long time. Like, they they could not keep hold of the ball. Literally, Newcastle didn't even have to try. It was so easy for them to find space and get through on goal. I've really never seen anything like it. And I think he took Saar off after, like, 24 minutes or something. Just what was he thinking, setting them up like that? Especially Newcastle's midfield, Newcastle's attack. I mean, with Isaac being fit, he looks really good. Why the hell he thought making these changes against an informed Newcastle? I was stumped even seeing the lineup, and then it it started even worse than I imagined it was going to go. Yeah. It, 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 from the from what I saw after the game, it, it looked like it just it, it did look a bit. It was an interesting decision to to go to about four away. My question is, how much of this, um, and not to go full Roy Keane, how much of this would you put down to um, the tactics and the players out there versus versus the situation at Tottenham with how influx the manager stuff is. Do you, would would you put it down to the players going out there and essentially being told that they don't really have to care anymore? Because when you watch back some of the highlights, it did feel like there was there was a severe lacking of intensity. They were appalling. The players really, really I mean, the system's not good, but they were they were terrible. There was just gaps everywhere. It. I mean, it didn't really take a rocket scientist to work out how Newcastle were going to score the goals. That's pretty much exactly what happened. And then, uh, then you fought, just every goal, it, they just panned to Lloris and Dyer, who were looking more and more clueless every time. I don't, I don't, it's great, isn't it? The Spurs are so shit. I've been saying it's for so long and they just keep proving me right. And finally, Finally, the table is starting to tell the story. Spurs are sliding. They're still fifth, though, but they're sliding. They've played more than most. Villa, two points behind. Liverpool with a game in hand, three points behind. Brighton, with two games in hand, are four points behind. They could, they could miss out on Europe entirely by the end of this season. They've got United in midweek, uh, which is probably three points for them. But... I mean, yeah, the players were awful, awful. Um, yeah, I, I'm a bit of a loss with Spurs because I think they are. Who was it? Who was it? Jamie Carragher suggested that we were all a bit that everyone was a bit too tough on Spurs, and he said when you look at Spurs' squad and you look at where they should be in the league, you'd have them fourth. And I'm like, yes, but also that's like, that it's removing all the context from the situation of like what you've actually watched. And like, I think the two most, 
this year at least, the two most pathetic teams in the division are Spurs and Chelsea. Because you've just got players swanning around like they couldn't give two fucks. Or in Chelsea's case, they look like they've... And Spurs... You've got managers... who They've been in charge for a lot of the season by managers who... I think one on the Spurs side, they didn't care. And on the Chelsea side, I do think he did care. But both of them don't seem to have any clue... Didn't seem to have any clue with where they were going for the season. And... I think that sense of aimlessness has permeated throughout the teams. Because when you watch Spurs, you're just like, what are you building to here? Where's the hope for Tottenham? Like, you look at the squad and you're like, right, Lloris has passed it. You've got you've got a, a back three of Sanchez, Dyer, and Davies who have played a combined 71 games between them this year. None of them look like... None of them are supposed to be first choice. You've got Romero, who looks one one day like he's the best centre-half in the league, and then on the other day he looks like he should be holding a Kalashnikov out the side of a car, murdering people on the streets. Then you've got, in front of him, you've got one player who is perhaps good, who's press-resistant, can play a football, and is good at breaking up playing Benson Kerr, and his, his knee exploded in January. And now you've just got a bunch of absolute shapeshifters. On the wings, you've take, you've had Son, who was perhaps one of the most dangerous wide players in the country, and your genius manager went, let's um, let's put him further down the pitch to make space for Perisic, who's 95 years old. He's like Toby Maguire in Spider-Man 1, and he's just swinging in crosses like you wouldn't believe. And then up front, you've got Harry Kane, your best ev- one of your best ever players, and he's going to leave in the summer. So, like, I don't think... I don't know where Spurs' future is. I don't know... I, I agree the squad's not terrible... It's not terrible, but it's not. It's got no. It's got no long termism to it. There's like, where do they go from here? What happens to Spurs at the end of the season? I don't know. I don't. I think that people just look at that squad and think it's good because they've got Cade and Cade and Son. I don't. I don't really like any of the back four. Yeah, Romero, as you say, looks good sometimes. Davison Sanchez is atrocious, and he was atrocious when he came out of the weekend. Ben Davis, I've, I mean, it feels like they've never really been sure on Ben Davis either because he's sort of been in and out. Um, and this result was what I've sort of been waiting for all season, really, from them because I I think they're this bad, and it didn't even take that much from Newcastle to to tear them to shreds, really. Um, and yeah, Kane's contract's up a year after this summer, and if he's gone. I mean, what are people going to be saying about this team then? Because if you look at the lineup that started in that game, I don't know how many of them you'd really want. As an Arsenal fan, I don't know how many of them I'd really want playing for me outside of Kane and Son. So I would want none of them. None of them. Like, in fact, I mean, I'd rather have Jesus than Kane, probably as well. I mean, I'd, I'd obviously you'd want Son, and you'd want, in theory, you'd want Son and Kane, but. Yeah. I go back to, and this is really reductive, Roy Keane-esque, what I'm about to say here, but at some point, when these kind of results and this kind of apathy is in your dressing room, at some point you have to look at the leaders in your dressing room. And I think like Harry Kane and Son, they've always been talked about as almost like, oh, they're too good for this Spurs team. They're too good for this Spurs team. I'm like, where's the proof in that? Like, where's the proof in that? Where's the last time you looked at like? When's the last time you looked at them in like a in a game where 
I I always think back to what Paul Scholes said when they were getting when he said United were getting beat two 0 and he would grab someone and he'd say right you're coming to sit next to me and we're not losing this for the next like ten fifteen minutes and that's like leadership. I, Harry Kane's a cap been the captain for Spurs, but he's not a fucking leader because if he was a leader, this kind of malaise doesn't happen as much as it seems to constantly happen at Tottenham. They're just embarrassing. But Ryan Mason's going to fix all that, isn't he, Dave? My God, there's there's no chance of him fixing things. I mean, an interim, interim manager. I mean, firstly, what were they thinking keeping Conte's assistant in the first place? I mean, he's such a guy because you don't like his football. So you're just going to keep his assistant that in theory he's going to play the same football as well. And Ryan Mason, like, I don't know, maybe he's rated as a good coach, but he's the only reason they're sort of even looking him to give him the role is just because he's used to play for Tottenham and they gave him like some coaching after his that terrible injury he had. Like I don't really don't really see what they're expecting for <laughs> from Ryan Mason. I don't know how he's gonna turn them around either. I, I, like you say, most of the squad is is absolutely terrible. Um, and I don't know how true it is, but I saw something earlier where apparently Emerson Royale's agent said that he needs to be charging for trophies and he wants to play for Real Madrid. Honestly, I think someone's got to make that up, but I really wouldn't be surprised. In fairness, I want to play for Real Madrid, but that's also not going to happen. Probably got more chance than him, Mike. To I was going to say, you're probably better than Emerson Royale, Mike, to be fair. What? I mean, seriously... What does this guy? Who does this guy think he actually is? Has he seen what team he's playing for, and that he's actually one of the worst players in that team? Like he's playing behind Pedro Porro, who's been pretty awful every time he's played. He's been the terrible, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> the guy can't play right, actual right back. This is before. this is the history of the Tottenham though, because Pedro Porro, <laughs> before he came to Spurs, was apparently fucking mustard. Yeah. And he's now just looks like completely devoid of of fucking confidence. This, I, this yeah, do you remember me, Matt Doherty? Yeah, but this leads me on to a This leads me onto a fucking wider point I've been wanting to make for a while. Everybody talks about Brighton's recruitment, and rightfully so. But the best part of Brighton's recruitment is the way they actually integrate the players into their team. And they're like, give them a bit of time to fail, and they don't make it like an all or nothing kind of thing. Whereas... Some of the big clubs, I won't use names, some of the big clubs, they buy these players like they're a fucking FIFA manager and they start plugging them in with no thought or care for the world for an adaption period. It's just baffling to me. And Spurs are a great example of it. I mean, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> I can't get over that Ivan Perisic is, is playing for Spurs still because he's been dreadful all season. And he, he is the oldest man in football. They played him at left back in a flat back four, which is was just like the man was a left winger, like a uh. the the Spurs athletic correspondent. I was listening to the po- their podcast earlier, the athletic football one, and obviously it's about Spurs. And they, he was saying they played a back four with four players who can't play in a back four. <laughs> I was like, that is incredible. Pedro, what was it? Pedro Porro, Eric Dyer, 
Romero and Romero uh, and uh, and Paris. Uh, sorry, and Perisic. But who ever <laughs> thought that was going to go well? But <laughs> I just. But this is Spurs. Have... I could have told you that wasn't going to go well. I couldn't have told you Jacob Murphy was going to score two, but I could have told you it wasn't going to go well. I'd be worried if you predicted that. Yeah, one, you but... put money on Jacob Murphy. But like. I feel like this game is kind of like the low point. It's like it's almost like Spurs have Spurs have been on this steady decline ever since they appointed Jose because like under Pochettino, for all their flaws as a team and for all their inability to win stuff, you always felt like their inability to win stuff was the fact that they didn't strengthen, but they had a clear, consistent way of playing that seemed to resonate with their fan base. But now when you watch them, if I said to you how the Spurs play, like all the successful teams in the league, and even some of the less successful ones, like people having less successful seasons like Liverpool, if I say to you how are Liverpool going to want to play, you can tell me how you think they're going to want to play. How the fuck does Spurs play week on week? You've got no cohesion throughout the whole project or whatever. And project's a buzzword, but they desperately need some long-term thinking there and they need it soon. Yeah, Conte's assistant, unsurprisingly, until this game, continued to play like Conte, Conte football. And the Spurs players that were out there looked totally incapable of playing anything else other than just sitting there in a five and doing nothing apart from Kane will still score you a bucket load of goals. I, I, don't, I think it is hilarious that they've sacked the interim, but... I don't get why. It's the same with Chelsea. Why, unless all the managers said they would wouldn't go to the end of the season, why are they not trying to put someone real in place now? Like, put like sticking Lampard in before the Real Madrid games. Like, I don't think that was going to be better for Chelsea than having Potter in for the Real Madrid games. Oh, it was. But well, yeah, whatever. But I don't. Are all these managers that they're going after saying we won't go until the end of the season? Because putting an interim guy in charge, these players aren't going to play for these guys. The Chelsea one, baffling to me, absolutely baffling to me, but less baffling than the Spurs one because when Spurs sat Conte, they still had so much to play for. Like they were, yeah. they were still in the hunt for Europe. Whereas Chelsea were like, we're probably going to get tonked by Real Madrid anyway because we can't score any goals. So let's just see what we've got to do a long, long manager search. Whereas Spurs, you're just sort of like, I'm not hearing anything about Spurs looking for a new manager. I mean, I'd like to be hearing less about Chelsea looking for a new manager. I feel like whoever whoever is on the board at Chelsea talking to all these people on Twitter, stop. I don't want to know these things. Just get your business, get your house in order. But at least I'm like conscious that I think they're probably doing their due diligence. Whereas Spurs, I'm like, who's favourite for the Spurs job? And and who do you even want if you're Spurs? Like, it does feel a bit to me like Spurs need to sell Harry Kane in the summer, which is going to really hurt them, and then they need a bit of a reset. They need us like a get someone in who's going to help, who's there for a bit longer, refresh the squad, and let's just fucking have a way of playing, please, dear God. Well, they are a mess because they're, they're obviously they have no manager, but they also now don't have a a director of football because he's banned. <laughs> so you also need to hire one of those probably, and then they bring in the manager. Well, that's normally how it works, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, it's just a bizarre situation where you've got two of the so-called bigger. Well, Chelsea are a big club, obviously, but both of interim coaches. Are you just like Stellini, as Dave said, was a weird one because his football, he's like a long-term Conte assistant. So if they hated Conte's football, 
how were they ever going to get anything better or different from Stellini? I don't. I don't, I don't think they. Know. I get. I get the sense that they'd be better the, off with Ryan Mason. I think but. from all the moves they've made, you were kind of like they didn't. Clearly, they didn't want to sack Conte, but Conte's comments just left them completely unable to do it. But he's not wrong, is he? Like ev- again, everything he says, you prove him wrong. All I want to ask. When's enough for Daniel Levy? Because he hasn't made a right decision since he hired Pochettino. Because I didn't realise how long he's been there. It's quite a long time now. But every single decision he's made recently has been an absolute fucking stinker. Yeah, I mean, how many of their signings have been really bad? Their hit rate's pretty poor, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, people are putting this all on the managers. Some of this has got to go on his shoulders, surely. Well, when it's gone wrong with no success for so long, at some point you have to look. You have to look further up the chain to the people who've been there a bit longer. Um, I fully agree. Bear with me. Talk amongst yourselves while I find this. Don't need to talk amongst yourselves. I'm almost there. Oh, this should be fun. Mike, I need to talk to you about something. Because the Daniel Levy statement is amazing. What's this on, uh, on um, what's his name, Stellini going? Uh, yes, I'm just trying to get it up because it's, it's one of my, it's one of my favourite things I've ever read. I'm assuming that the original statement said that he would be in charge until the end of the season, right? It wasn't even called a statement. It was called a club update from Daniel. Yeah, I don't know why he's acting like he's on first name terms with the fans when everyone clearly hates an him. open letter. I th- honestly, thinking? Oh, no. honestly, I'm going to fucking read this word for word because it's brilliant. Dear all. Sunday's performance against Newcastle was wholly unacceptable. It was devastating to see. Do you want a dramatic reading? Or do you just want a normal reading? Dramatic. Okay. Yeah, dramatic, why not? We can look at many reasons why it happened. And whilst myself, the board, the coaches and the players must all take collective responsibility, ultimately the responsibility is mine. So that's meaningless. Christian will leave his current role along with his coaching staff. Christian stepped in at a difficult point in our season, and I want to thank him for the professional matter in which he and his coaching staff have conducted themselves during such a challenging time. Too long a sentence. We wish him and his staff well. Ryan Mason will take over head coach duties with immediate effect. Ryan knows the club and players well. We shall update further on his coaching staff in due course. So that's right, they are hiring more coaching staff. But currently, it's just Ryan based on his time in the dugout. So when uh, when Conte left, did they not fire the rest of no. his coaching staff? They just no, no, no. But this last paragraph, I tell you what, it is a catalogue of errors. This last paragraph, I met with the player committee today. The squad is determined to pull together to ensure the strongest possible finish to the season. We're all clear we need to deliver performances which earn your amazing support. Come on, you Spurs, Daniel. Who the fuck is on the Tottenham Hotspur player committee? I want to create a shortlist of five names of who's on there. Harry Kane has got to be on there, right? Larice. Yeah, Harry Kane. Be there too. Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer, definitely, yeah. I don't Larice. even know who plays for Spurs anymore. Larice, Eric Dyer. Do we think Son's on there? 
I wouldn't no, have him he's on too there. shy. Hoiberg? Hoiberg, yeah, I reckon. No, I wouldn't have him anywhere near it either. No, well, I wouldn't, but they probably do. So, Harry Kane, Larice, Eric Dyer and Hoiberg. Anyone else, do you reckon? Who do we think? You kind of a player can be with our numbers, can you? Could, like Lucas Moura, just because he's been there for years. Mm. He should not be near it because he doesn't play, but it's just... Ben Davis? I I was going to say Ben Davis. Davis. So let's read back these names. Harry Kane, professional loser. Ben Davis, (laughs) we don't know what he does. Hoiberg, bang average. Eric Dyer, like... He should should just retire. And Lloris, whose uh, career accomplishment is uh, getting six points after a couple of Baileys. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Are these people, are you on your player committee? Why are player committees a thing? I like it. We've just said stone that that's the player committee. And, uh, that was, uh, Who's on the list? Tomorrow morning, there'll be, be an athletic article with those names. I, the need, I need the deep dive on the voting procedures for the players committee. Like, How do you get involved? What's the pageantry? Let me know. Jack Pitbrook, you're up. Yeah. That's, that's your role here. Also, in that statement, they uh, see if he's tweeted about this. They said that he'd been professional. Like he got sent off after spending a week hurling insults at Deserve in the press. He was surprised when Deserve was not very happy about it. I wouldn't say that was super professional. Here's my thing. I, I feel like the player. Com- if you like took a picture of the player committee at Chelsea, it'd be like the Galactic Senate in the Phantom Menace. <laughs> it's just all these different players. <laughs> And in the end, it's Mark Kukurea as some kind of, like, dark lord. Oh, uh, no. Um, Richarlison's averaging a goal. You get a goal out of Richarlison every 25 million, and he's still not going to win worst signing of the season. It's Where is Richarlison? He did come on at the end of this game, didn't he? Oh, great. Look, yeah. I said he was shit all season. Uh, yeah, so that's Where's good. Kulisevsky? Is he just, like, is he... he... Mm. Yeah, it's not like he is. They took him off for Dan Juma at the end. He's not been good since February, which coincidentally is Benton, when Benton Cole went down. Is he down tools at the same time? Is that what we're doing here? That's what it seems like, doesn't it? Have they signed him permanent or was he just trying to go back to Juve, do we think? No. Did you see they had their um, points deduction? I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, every Spurs coach who's left Spurs has gone on to better things, except for Nuno, so... Jose's currently doing a cracking job in Roma, apparently. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Anyone else got any topics they want to talk about? According to the Spurs watch, the player committee comprises of Lloris, Kane, Dyer, and Hoiberg. Wait, it's a four-person committee, so they can have a dead tie. Apparently. Yeah, well, That's pretty crazy, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my God, they don't even want to win up there. What is that? That is egregious. Do you think like Kane's vote counts as two because he's captain or something? Is that because he struggles? He's not the captain. Larice is the captain. Oh well, there you go. Sorry, Larice is the captain. Yeah, yeah, he is actually, isn't he? I tell you what, everyone thinks it's Kane, but it's uh, apparently said he was absolutely raging and. dressing room so they wouldn't let him go back out i'm like are they not letting him go back out he was a they, were, they, were, they were trying to say it was an injury on comps and i'm like no yeah, he was bloody. just awful you just conceded five goals an in injury half. to the head maybe you look like Correct. he needed his pissing stomach pumped Dr. Fair, we were early on the larice not being great sorry mike 
Dr. Hacken, Hackenbush on Twitter. The, play, the Spurs Players Committee included Dyer, Lloris and Hoiberg, three serial losers. Well, if you, if you ask Will, you can make that four. <laughs> I'm sorry, though, but like, jokes aside, Harry Kane's obviously a very good player, but he is a serial loser. Like, name, name, name me one thing he's ever won. Like, Spurs is mo- in the last, like, 20 years, Spurs' biggest achievement is getting to the final of the Champions League, which they largely achieved because Kane was injured. And he's played injured in finals and, and actively got against them winning things. Yeah. And he didn't even, like, when Diego Costa played injured in the final for Atletico Madrid, at least he had the good goal to eat some horse placenta first to see if that worked. Really worth just reading. If you just search into Twitter, Spurs Players Committee, there's some great reading down this. <laughs> and this uh, incredible. I, I can't, but I, I just. I just. I feel like you're going to lose sleep over this, Will. I hate Spurs so much. Like, if. if like, I'm embarrassed enough occasionally by what we do, but if I was a Spurs fan, I genuinely think I'd have found a different sport. Like I'd become a badminton ultra or something. Like, <laughs> fuck me. Um, let's move away from Spurs. Um, if if no one has anything they desperately want to say, I want to look ahead to the big game on Wednesday. Um, sorry, Ross. Uh. Man City Arsenal, essentially for the title, in my opinion. I think whoever wins this um, wins the whole fucking thing. Ross, how are you feeling? I don't want to ask you what you think the result's going to be, but just how are you feeling? Um, not super confident, if I'm being honest. No. Um, just because of, well, we've picked a pretty hard time to stumble into some some dodgy form while City have started rolling mm-hmm. and continued to, to roll. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. If you're asking me who I think is going to win the game, I would say Man City. Where is it? Etihad. Um, I think you're 100% right. Whoever wins that, gonna go on and win the whole thing. I'm not, I'm not super confident, and I'm really not looking forward to it at all. Be honest. Um, like throwing away two, two nil leads when you're looking super good, and then just about scraping back to three three versus bottom team in the league. It's, it's just a horror way to go into this game. Uh, yeah. Look, what, in my heart, I, I think there's still a chance that we can we can win the game, but I, I'm not not feeling too confident. No. The problem is that it's not the Arsenal that were here a month ago, and it's also not the City that were here a month ago. Both teams have gone in the opposite kind of the opposite direction. Yeah, if we'd have played this game when it was supposed to be on. That would have been. I probably a, felt a little more confident. Yeah. But, um, You'd have had Saliba, who is apparently not fit for the game. How big no, a loss is that? Massive, massive. We had who's, a, it's, who's it's, Rob, it's Rob Holding, isn't it? Rob Holding, yeah. He's given away a pen, or at least one. 
So I, I like I do like, I like drop holding when you're chucking him on to shore up a game when you're two to lap or whatever. He's just and Saliba was so good. So good that it's just such a downgrade. And when the back four has been so settled and hasn't changed very much, difficult to Well, um yeah. you'd you'd have quite liked Saliba's physical attributes against Haaland, wouldn't you? Um, Absolutely. Dave, on the positive side, can you see any places where Arsenal could perhaps get at Man City and get a bit of joy? I think they can definitely get some some joy against whoever plays left-back at City. I feel like Saka is going to be pretty decent. Um, I I feel like, to be fair, as much as I understand that like you say, this is a different Arsenal, a different city to to where this game would have been a month ago. I think Arsenal definitely have the quality where they could shock City, but the problem is already that City are sort of going into it as as everyone's favourites. I think it would be fair to say, but I think Arsenal definitely have the quality going forward. I mean, Martinelli's been on really good form. Saka's been good. I, I think they can if they can sort of try to break against them maybe and just use that pace to their advantage I think they could cause some some real problems and if he does play uh, Kyle Walker there's probably going to be a mistake in him, in him as uh, as Mike Shaw there will be probably um, so I think they I think basically if they use the ball well they look maybe to as it's hard with City isn't it you don't want them to have the ball all the time but then if you have the ball a lot, they'll just pick you off uh, with their relentless pressing. So it's going to be a tough one. But I think Arsenal definitely have the quality to catch him on the break. And I think that's what they should be looking to do, get him behind them with a bit of pace, cause problems that way. I agree, because I think Arsenal have played a very front foot style of attractive football a lot this season. But particularly given the changes to the back line. I'd be really worried about giving Haaland all the space in the world with De Bruyne picking the passes. I mean, it's it's a bit picky poison in terms of what City are going to do to you. I would say that I think three players I think who are going to have to play exceptionally well for Arsenal to come away with this. I think Xhaka needs to have a big game because you know what party's going to bring you, you know what Odegaard's going to bring you, but they're monsters in there for City, so you've got to match them. You've got to find, you've got to be clever about your positioning if you're Jacker, because you're just not going to match some of them physically. And he's, you've always also got to be, to not sound like Warnock, he's got to be fucking disciplined because you're going to have these lads buzzing around you. You can't be picking up any daft cards early on. And then the other two, I think, um, Saka is obviously going to have to be absolute peak Saka to get anything here. I think, like you say, Dave, left back such a problem area. A fancy Saka versus Ake. I mean, I fancy Saka practically against anyone in world football, but I definitely fancy against him as Ake. And then Martinelli, I think this is a big game for Martinelli because his his running, his directness in behind reminds me a little bit and little bit of how Son in the past has got at City with that running in behind. I think there's, I think there's potentially something there. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think City win this, but I don't think it's. I think I've seen some seen some talk about it being like it's going to be a bit of a walkover. I, I, with games like this, I'm tempted to throw form out the window, and it's just how people play in the day. Mike, how are you feeling about it? 
nervous for Arsenal. Okay. They look, particularly against Southampton, they look nervous themselves. And so I'm now nervous for them. Because City are not going to be nervous. But Arsenal, you can tell they've no. You could really tell. I mean, the, the Liverpool one, you can give them a bit of a pass for. West Ham a bit less, but Southampton, you, that was... Xhaka was out and we missed him a lot. Hey, look, I, I get there's people missing, but... Yeah, I'm not... I'm not. Everyone's got people missing, so I'm not trying to... Use even it. your best players, they all look really nervous that night. Yeah, and that, if, that. They, if they do anything like that on Wednesday, yep. they'll get beat. That it's 100% it. They, you've only got Zinchenko and Jesus who have been in anything like this before. Um, so, and, and they stop. They stop. They start just doing all sorts when things like rattle them, and they've they've just got to keep their heads a bit. Even if they go down one early, they've just got to try and keep doing their stuff. I, I was- I was going to say this. I mean, the first goal is always really important, but this feels like this feels like a massive one because I think if Arsenal scored first, it's, it doesn't change. I think it keep keep the constant of the game, and I think Arsenal grow in confidence from there. If City score first, and if City score first early, I think Arsenal will be on an absolute hide into nothing because, yeah. like you say, Ross, the, the thing that's been so impressive about Arteta's teams, aside from the the Man United loss early in the season. When they've when things have started to go wrong, they've carried on to play the football that they've been playing. Whereas you are the two of you are completely right. The last couple of weeks, it's just that sort of confidence has sort of evaporated as we got to the business end. Well, the, when we when we came back against Southampton, a lot of that was from our from we were playing our passing stuff, our the stuff that makes us good, the building of the play around the around the penalty area. And then you, uh, well, I don't want to talk about Thomas Partey's shot later on in that game. Um, but I, I really felt like we were going to go on and win that. I thought that was going to be one of those moments, you know, in the title run where you're like, oh, you're 3 1 down with two minutes to go, whatever, and then came back to win it. But when they did go back to this, well, a bit more of a basketball phrase, but yeah, doing their stuff, playing their stuff the way that they play, they've just got to try and stick to that as much as they can. But I'm with you. If City score first, I think, and early. Yeah, we could be in real trouble. Let's be clear, I think we could be in real trouble anyway. And let's be clear, after all this, Arsenal will probably win now. I I tell you what, I I don't feel... I I feel like this is going to be a tight one. I really do. I think think Arsenal have got weapons that City don't like to see. I mean, City are, in my opinion, the better team. They should win this. The the pressure for me is all with City. but yeah, and yeah. You, you could bring the the pep thing in as well. He's been through so many of these big big games, title, title runs and stuff. And Arteta on the on the whole, I think, has been good with his tactics and things this year. You go back to the United game; that was one where he he made a bit of a clank with substitutions and things, but. Because we finished the Southampton game with all of our forward players on. It was like, we had like a five up front pretty much by the end. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I don't know. Look, I'm excited. It's a, game, I, as, it's a, game as a neutral, I'm excited for. 
yeah, I could see a banger of a game for you. Like, yeah. And um, sofa, but. and I think um, I, I'm intrigued to see how Arteta handles it if they get punched in the face because he, he's a, still a young coach and you do see young coaches tend to overreact um, in situations when things start to go wrong. But uh, honestly, I think Arsenal can... I think Arsenal can... Uh, City of favourites, no way. But I don't think it's one. I, I don't think it's one of those situations where you're like, "Fuck me, Arsenal are lucky to escape with the point." They can do damage here. Um, in other football news, anyone got anything they want to talk about? Mike, De Gea new contract. Mate, the guy can't save a pen. Don't give him a new contract. <laughs> Honestly, I was watching the shootout. And after the first penalty, I thought he's not—he's not going to save anything again. The only way that we're going to win this is if they hit the post or the bar or put it off the goal. And luckily, Solly March did that. But that game annoyed me. I just knew United were going to win it. it was a crap they game. Yeah. So was the other one. In fairness, a real advert for the FA Cup. Who do you think, um, what do you think is more pressing for United in the summer? Do you think they need a new keeper or they need centre-forward? Well, I'd rather they bought a centre-forward. What about Harry Kane? Fine. I can't watch Martial or Vegas or I just can't watch Martial, man. Ice come... cold. Yeah, he's ice, <laughs> he's ice cold because he's always got an ice pack around in something on his body. Regardless, it is he's a, ridiculous. He's a, he's a star boy, 27, Mike. It's absolutely ridiculous. The what guy a can't... wasted career that bloke. Yeah. yeah, seriously. He's so talented sometimes. That's what they're always saying on comms. I'm like, where have we seen this? He's had <laughs> so few good patches of form in his career. There, there have been flashes, but I mean, honestly, it's pointless now. We've just got to get... See, he just needs to go. I enjoy... like he had a bad low in spell at Severe and he's hung around and he's still playing centre forward for Vegadine. Mate, it's incredible. And Vegorst is still there. I like his pressing, though. I actually do like it. <laughs> you know when you're like, you're like, you're too fucking niche into this football match, where you're like, well, I tell you what, he's not good, but he's pressing. He, there's something there. It is wild that yeah, they're but... the two centre forwards at United are running still. Yeah, exactly. So we have to buy one of those, whereas we could do another season with De Gea. But yeah, also, Ten Hag's football needs a different goalkeeper that isn't De Gea. So. But he's doing things now that are not also just related to yeah. passing out the back. So things like that. So the, yeah. the the incident from the other night, Mike. Uh, well, I don't know what you think about this, but which it's one? Not, <laughs> the one from the one where he passes it to Maguire, Maguire, and then Maguire passes it back. Like it's not good for Maguire. Don't get me wrong, but surely in that situation, the onus is on De Gea to go. Fuck. Do you know what's not in any manager's philosophy? Conceding a goal from an individual error. So just get rid. That was silly, but it was terrible for Maguire. Well, I, well, I think that was all De Gea. I, I don't. There's nowhere Maguire can go there. I don't yeah, know. I agree with that one. I don't think. Like, I'm not a fan of Harry Maguire, but I don't think it's his fault. I think that Maguire normally takes a lot of stick, way too much, and I thought that was Maguire's fault more than De Gea's. But De Gea can see the whole picture. Why is he picking that pass? I get that, but Maguire had some time to do something else than what he did. I just think someone... Your point's fully right, Well, Sorry that, yeah. 
the, the philosophy is not worth just risking giving away goals like that. Someone needs to get rid. Yeah. It, it reminds me yeah, a little I don't bit. care if it's De Gea or Maguire, but one of them can do it. Yeah. Maguire could have Maguire can't. I don't think Maguire could have got rid of that. There's not many other places he could try and kick it than where he did try and pass it and they're already on him. So I think yeah. De Gea just He's got to know what he's... He's a he's a Premier League player. He can do better than that. He, he can, can get out of that better. He can do. It. I just don't think he should be putting. He should have been put in that situation. But hey, uh, if that's your centre mid, you're expecting him to do way better than that. But it's not. He's centre mid's not Harry Maguire. Well, who's famously great at taking the ball into midfield? I've never really seen that. No, he, he takes it into midfield, but his pass was never found a United player, did it? Well, no, because he just passed it straight back to them. I did enjoy they went with Luke Shaw at centre-back in the uh, cup. The time yeah, has... Maguire's done at United. I yeah, the yeah. time has come for Harry Maguire to move on. I mean, the time was done for Harry Maguire to move because it's a little bit like you are... My, no, I don't think any player for United on United gets as much stick as Harry Maguire and, and a lot of it is unfair. A lot of it in the past has been... I mean, don't get me wrong, he's not great. He's not perfect. He cost... His price tag always puts a bit of a shell on him. But... You watch him get told. You watch him get told off on like social media for like things that are just fucking part and parcel with playing centre half for things. Like things are going to happen. No one looks perfect. Not even Van Disney. So, what are you going to do? I tell you what, the third goal is his fault. <laughs> I don't even know what what he's trying to do. No, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. That was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh God, that was something else I wanted to ask. Uh, uh, yeah, just quickly, where, where do you all stand on booing your players, your own players? Uh, do you know what? I don't hate it. It depends. Depends on context. But it's all context-based, but if you're allowed to cheer them if they do something bad if they're doing something absolutely horrendous like if the Spurs fans wanted to be that performance they'd be mm. more well, well yeah if you go 5 or down after 20 minutes I'd say it's pretty fair game that you can boo especially how things have been going at Spurs do you think I'm justified in booing Kukurea yes yeah, yeah. okay even in my own house not even the ground <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with it <laughs> yeah. I never thought I'd be fine with this yeah by the way I never thought I'd have this opinion, but I am here now. I wanted to. The reason why I wanted to discuss it is because I saw a, I saw a debate on another show where they were talking about um, they were talking about is it ever okay to boo and these, <laughs> and one of the guys was like, well, you want your club to be better. How does it make your club be better by booing them? And then the other guy just turns around and he goes, people pay their money to go to these games. They're fucking entitled to boo players when the players. But I think I think like. There I 100% is certain... agree with that take, by the way. That's exactly why I've yeah. come around to it. I think if a player if a player misplaces a pass, but gives... If a player plays poorly, but gives everything, that, to me, that's... I'm not booing them, but I think there's been plenty of performances, like, particularly this year, where I've looked around and thought to myself, you know what, you deserve to get booed. Like, fucking Eric Dyer deserved to get booed at the weekend. Hugo Lloris deserved to get booed at the weekend, but I wanted to see where you're at. And then lastly... Um, Pochettino to Chelsea. What do you all think of it? Just a bit weird, isn't it? Just I like it. Weird that you'd be taking 
someone so associated with Spurs, but then you look at the manager market and in fairness, hasn't Nagelsmann already brought himself out? So I don't I don't really know what Nagelsmann used to turn up to training on a skateboard. I don't want that fucking loser. Who do you want them with? Yeah, you've got a different loser, in fairness. I, I don't care, is the honest answer. Like, <laughs> everyone's like, everyone's. Some very clever Chelsea fans have, have been saying, and by very clever Chelsea fans, I just mean the ones who typically aren't the ones with Jao Felix Abbeys and things like that. They've, they're all like, well, for the stage of where we're at with the players we've got, it makes a ton of sense to get someone like Pochettino in. I'm like, okay, fair enough. He's Spurs best. He's Spurs best ever manager, and he's now managing Chelsea. Maybe I'm just old fashioned, but this shouldn't happen. Like it, it, to me, like if I'd have been a Spurs fan, I wouldn't have been okay with Mourinho turning up. I just wouldn't have been okay with it. It's like if I'm um, to, it's a little bit like I don't know Wenger going to manage United in a way. Like it just feels a bit weird. It feels wrong to me. It. I don't. Think it's it, anything like Wenger? It's it's, Bingo, it's, it's no, no, but it is to you. To it is it isn't to you, but to me, it's like. Has there been that big a rivalry between Spurs and Chelsea? Yeah, yeah, particularly over the last one couple of years. Like Pochettino. I mean, yeah, that two cool Conte game was that it? Or the and the Leicester or the Leicester title. one. The Leicester one's the one I was talking about. And then they yeah. play. Oh, the, is that it? Is that what this is about? No, well, it, I mean, it, if you want to go further back, it extends. There's a real hatred that extends back to the '60s and Jimmy Greaves and all that. So it goes on for a lot longer than that. But I just, you shouldn't. This isn't even, this isn't even top ten Prem right? No, I know, but you know what I mean. Like, I, I just feel like there needs to be. Would you rather have Marco Silva from Fulham? Yeah, I'm getting Brighton to Palace vibes. Best out of ever this. manager. Would I rather have Marco Silva? Roy Hodgson got a claim for that. Is Marco Silva ever won anything? <laughs> Because he'd have that over Poch. Has he won the championship? Maybe. I mean, Pochettino has, hasn't he? Look. Well, yeah, he won the championship with Fulham. Do you know what? Honestly, honestly, look, Pochettino knows how to set up a midfield, which is, frankly, more than... Fine. One stuff. Fine. I don't, honestly, you can put whoever you want in there, but... Nothing's going to be right at Chelsea until Bowley starts talking to the fans rather than bankers at some fucking board. I can't wait for the um, uh, from t- signed from Todd, like Daniel Levy just did. <laughs> Message from Todd. I can't wait. Do you know the it. best thing about this? Um, apparently, Inject like, it into my veins. Todd Bowley's I mean, like Todd Bowley's just like the most visible, but he's actually not the main guy. It's like Beg Dad and Egg Bagley. But yeah, I find this who, hilarious about the whole thing. No one, including me, could spell or write or like pronounce his name. So everyone just is like, "Oh, it's our Todd, young Todd." Young Todd. Yeah. Todd. When actually, yeah, there's a whole board. I mean, Clear Lake Capital. It's one of it's like the classic athletic. Every time they're like, you know, Todd Bowley and Clear Lake Capital, I'm like, fuck you know. Look, they'll probably be fine next year. But honestly, who cares? Yeah, it's all right. They'll beat me at Real Madrid three 0 Yeah. Chelsea suck as well. They do. It's so bad. Where are they in the league? Uh, like 12th. 
they're not going to finish. They're in the Crystal Palace position. This is amazing. To be honest, to be honest, we might be the only people in the league with a worse striker than any of the three at Crystal Palace. Um, Wow, (laughs) you're you're eleventh, and are we eleventh? Five points off Brentford with a game in hand. We might have been a bit further up if we'd had the balls to sack Potter earlier. Yeah, I'm not joking about that. Honestly, like the Graham Potter, the Graham Potter Chelsea job, not easy for him, but one of the worst managerial performances of the year. Can we actually? Well, can I just can I just tell you that you only have five more points than David Moyes' West Ham. That's all right. I don't care. That is tough. Having yeah. played the same games, they've also got a better striker than us. Have you got the worst manager in the Prem now? I don't know. In that yeah, probably. Also, negative goal difference. Yeah, not surprised. <laughs> they only scored 30 goals or 30 yeah, that's 32 tough. games. Actually had quite a good defence. Crucially, though, João Felix has hit the post quite a few times. You, you've got... I can't talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really can't. Like, you've got the third best defence in the league. How has that happened? No, always... they, they've literally not scored goals. They've scored yeah. less than a goal a game. But Jav Felix is the answer. Fuck me. Are you wow. looking forward to the permanent signing of him, Will? Oh, that oh, is man. so coming as well. God honestly, I, honestly, I might be out at that point. <laughs> like, if, he, if they sign him to like an eight-year contract, that's eight years of me not watching Chelsea. I miss Madrid's entire career. <laughs> the best thing about the Pochettino signing is apparently... It, Mason Mount would be integral to his plans and wants to now re-sign at Chelsea. Look, I'll take Pochettino if we just get to keep one of our good players. Ooh. You might still be able to watch Mudrick when he's on loan at Anderlecht. <laughs> That's true. Did you see, by the way, did you see the fucking shortlist for Chelsea's like managers? It was like, they were like, it's Nagelsmann, it's Pochettino, and then it's Ange Posteglu. I probably butchered that. And fucking Vincent Company. Yeah, you, I'm like, have you one. not learnt? If you go for the Celtic guy, yeah, if you that's going to be manager, I would, um, I would love to Will, Will blow a up huge on fan here. of the SPL. This is, oh, yeah. I, I want that to happen to so much. Like, honestly, Vincent Company's and job Jean, more impressive. Vincent Company's job more impressive than the Celtic one. I'm just so sick of pretending like the old firm matters too. <laughs> like, every time it comes up Sky, like, oh, it's an absolute mega derby. I'm like... Between who? Like they should. Well, have you seen that Celtic <laughs> fans don't call it the old firm anymore? Why? Because Rangers aren't the old Rangers. Yeah, because they're circo, aren't oh, they? Oh, bore off, you fucking hoop-loving bastards! Like, who cares? Like, ah. tell you what, we got a hoop-loving bastard on this call. It's Dave. He loves a barbecue hula hoop. I tell you what. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, Mike? How Dave, how many can how many can you fit on? That's not a question. They're too wide for him. <laughs> too wide. Wow. Yeah. Too wide. Yeah. Bloody hell. What a weird strawberry lace. He's just dealing with a frozen Strawberry lace. <laughs> frozen piece of string. Uh, Maybe if they all got stuck together, eh, Mike? <laughs> they often do in the pack, to be fair. <laughs> Oh god! I feel like this is a low point for the pod. The last like it's not. two minutes. No, it's not. the best content comes out. <laughs> I've given up. Yeah, me too. How do we? Ange Postecoglou's not going to Chelsea. 
Oh, I could just see it though. I just he's can't going see to Melbourne it. victory for God's sake. Come on. It would be so Chelsea to go <laughs> to go for It's, it's so clear, like capital, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> really. can, can I? Can you? Can Graham Potter be win the Bakayoko Award for worst signing of the season? Well, he could go to Celtic. Little swap deal. Swap deal. Do you remember well, he's when he's still, you're probably still paying some of his wages. I don't know what sort of deal he did himself out of, but probably still. No, no, because you remember he's he was assisting us with the transition. Yeah, so it's perfect by bringing in the Celtic manager, and then he'll go and take the Celtic job. Honestly, the best unintentional comedy of the season is that Chelsea finally hired a social media admin who wants to have fun on social media, and then proceeded to give him the worst content to deal with in world football. Like, the bloke has been there for, like, a season. He's already done two managers stackings. Matt Law, by the way, who covers Chelsea and Tottenham this, the, for the for the Daily Mail, says he's had seven managers this season between the two clubs to deal with. Seven. That's tough. Dave, you got a start of the week? Not really, to be honest. You couldn't actually find any that were particularly interesting. Well, Mike's got one. Um, Mike, who scored more goals, Palace or Chelsea? In the Prem this season. Prem this season. Palace? Palace is correct. Good stuff. Excellent. How about Bournemouth or Chelsea? Uh, Bournemouth? Bournemouth. Yep. Oh, my. Who has scored less? Uh, West Ham also scored more. Uh, the only teams that have scored less are Wolves, Everton, Forest and Southampton. And three of those four are in the bottom three. Haven't Forest only scored like 24 goals as well? Like uh, Everton have scored 24 We've only goals. scored 30, Dave. Harland scored what, like... 32, yeah. Oh, my word. But don't worry, Jao Felix will fix it all. I did have a tough moment on Friday night, lads, when Walcott scored against us and potentially derailed the, uh, the title chase. That was looking tough at that time. I was really in a tough place, I tell you. Nice goal, though. Yeah, he's a nice player. He is. Um, Mike, Joel Linton report. I feel it's time. It's a good fixture for him. I, I, what was, hold on, what was the Joel Linton report intro? I don't know. Beep, 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 that was his COVID test after he went and got his hair cut in, in the lockdown. Um, Talk me through it. No, he played well. I mean, he was playing against players that might be playing for Wrexham next year. You never know in League Two. In that, in that, in that Spurs midfield, bagged a goal. What a player! He really has. To, since I started shining a light on him, he really has turned a corner, hasn't he? My God. He is I actually really like him, to be fair. Yeah, he's really good. What Who'd a turnaround. All he needed was a COVID scandal. You've had That's a few good shouts this season, Mike. With Koulibaly being a sticker as well. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, that was that was quite a shout as well. I'm sure there's been some horror shouts also. You're Brighton one. <laughs> he told, mate, that's one of my all-time favourite moments of Mike going I've cut this high but I don't know why and they turned out to be good he's like, oh, shit. Well, I should have just stuck with my gut that they were going to be good but honestly I'd, I'd never heard of any of them and it turns out Matoma's the best player in the world 
Yeah. Apart from when he plays against Wan Bissaka. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Wan Bissaka, man. My favourite thing is when they were like Vinicius Junior was trending on Twitter afterwards because they were like he's got to take the Wan Bissaka test. Like the Wan Bissaka test is just let him run. Let's see what he does. You know. James Madison tweeted during that game that Wan Bissaka is like the best one-on-one defender in like world football or something like that. Yeah, he's great. Not. He can't do anything else. He's also not. No, well, I'll, I'll die. Great. I'm just... He's... Oh. Have you seen uh, Diot Upamecano one-on-one? Oh, my God. What a <laughs> pair of games he had. Jesus he's pretty good. Christ. This is why I'm, this, I just worry about German managers at whole because they just leave their centre-backs on an island. Constantly and Diet Upamecano, like if Koulibaly is this bad at 31, imagine what Upamecano is going to be like. My god, he's so signing for Chelsea as well. Oh, honestly, like just bring them all down. Let's be a like a make a wish the club. Okay. Well, what do you do if Chelsea for some reason signed Joe Gomez? Because I have a weird vision of it. Honestly, center half's the one place we don't need any more fucking players. Um. Wingers too, we don't need any more of them. A striker and a central midfielder, let's just go with that. I can't wait till Pochettino brings Lukaku back and I have to watch two absolute fucking heathens at my club. Fucking hell. Anyway, we're winning the league next year, so it doesn't matter. Um, right, sports fans, I think that's going to do us. Anyone got a nominee for Wazak of the Week? Stellini. Daniel. It is Daniel. It's got to be Daniel. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Ah, Dan. Desperate Dan. Um, Dave, if the people want to keep up with you, where can they do so? Uh, it's at Dave Harris underscore 44. Or, ladies and gentlemen, just the bars on the mean streets of Mosley. You'll catch him there most Sundays. <laughs> Perusing. Um, Ross, if the people want to keep up with you and your quest for a quack monsieur, where can they do so? <laughs> At Ross underscore Bird 14. Yeah, that was a sandwich, not a man's cock. Um, <laughs> Mike, if the people want to keep up with you to find out more about, I don't know, whatever you're into this week, whatever fucking <laughs> useless get rich quick scheme you've uh, you've <laughs> injected yourself into, what is it this week? You're selling. You're selling used chickens off the back of a Bernard Matthews van. What is it? <laughs> no, I found a. Uh... A game where you predict the score lines in, uh, in European like football, I think it's called. It's on the on the Matic blockchain called uh, Pookie Balls. <laughs> Jesus <Excellent>. Christ! <laughs> okay, yeah, now. No, so I haven't actually started playing this, but I I mean, I've, I've heard of it. So you wanted something incredible. That there you go. Keep us up to date with that one, Mike. Um, Might give it a try. Uh, anyway, if you want to follow along on, on, on my pookie balls journey. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Pookie balls? <laughs> uh, is that Mikey Breslin? That is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I'm at World 17. Uh, I won't be talking about pookie balls. Um, <laughs> if you want to follow us all, it's in and around pod on all the socials. Um, in and around pod at gmail.com and um, that's also a place to send any questions if you've got them <laughs> let's get out of here fuck me <laughs> alright then yeah sign out <laughs>